In Lisboa Directors Talks é uma conversa sobre cinema entre a nossa equipa e cineastas presentes no festival. Descobra mais sobre os nossos filmes e acompanhe-nos em indilisboa.com Boa tarde, uh, bem-vindos a esta que é a primeira conversa com realizadores do, desta edição do 18º Indy Lisboa. Uh, esta conversa vai decorrer em inglês, portanto, a partir de agora vou mudar de língua. Hi, welcome. Uh, um, I was just presenting it in Portuguese. Um, my name is Ricardo Vira Lisboa. I'm one of the programmers here at the Indy Lisboa Film Festival. And today we are, I'm joined by, by three directors that uh, have films at the festival. Uh, Camilo Restrepo as uh, a retrospective, uh, which already happened, uh, um, where he showed his first feature and all his shorts, and also a uh, carte blanche of L'Abominable um, uh, Collective and a selection of films from, from there. Then I have on my left Uh, Shelley Silver, who, who is the director of Girls Museum, which will be shown uh, tomorrow, so at uh, Cinema Ideal, uh, so at uh, six, six in the afternoon. And then Maxence Stamadiadis, uh, which is the director of the day the day today, uh, and uh, which will be shown was shown yesterday and will be shown after tomorrow. Yep. So, 30. Uh, on Culture Gest, 9.30. So, maybe, uh, uh, since this is a, a, a bit of a strange thing, because none of you have watched each other's films, uh, and to start, I would ask you to briefly present your films. So, both the audience which has not seen the films and it, you, you, you them yourselves can know what we are talking about. So maybe, Shelley, could you start? Uh, first, I'd like to say thank you. Uh, it's very great to be here. And uh, as we were talking, this is the first time that I'll have the chance to see Girls Museum projected in front of an audience because wow. it's shown a lot before, uh, but never with me. Ooh. So mm. this is really, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Girls Museum, actually I'm going to take off my mask, yeah. <laughs> uh, is uh, a film that started with a very simple idea. Uh, I was in Leipzig for Doc Leipzig and uh, there's a museum there, MDBK, which is the Historical Painting and Sculpture Museum. And um, you know, very big new building and going through it, um, There are so many images of women, uh, women as uh, Mary, religious figures, uh, classical figures, prostitutes, um, artist muses, and almost 98% of the art objects are made by men. And I had this idea of what would I have thought of these artworks when I was 12 or 14 or 16, And there was no way to access that because I'm different now. And so I decided to invite girls to the museum to talk as experts about each artwork. And uh, it was a wonderful experience because it's one of the amazing things about a camera. It's a kind of chemical process. You take artworks in a piece of architecture, housed in architecture. You put girls in front of them and you film them with the camera and then things start happening that are quite unexpected for me. And so that's the basic uh, story behind the film. Thank you. Uh, Maxence. <clears throat> um, my movie is a science fiction story, uh, actually based on a documentary uh, material that I filmed over eight years at my uh, grandparents. So in my family with people playing their own role and um, And at some point, I took all the rushes I had. I'm also telling the story of how it happened because it's Ling, uh, and and rewrote a story, a new fictional story uh, out of this rush. And this story is a love story, basically about an old couple, and 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 the man dies, and ten years later in the future, uh, the woman brings him back uh, through a, a nap. Um, and so her husband comes back, but it doesn't 
it's not the same and so this is uh, the premise of the movie so it's basically a science fiction film placed in the future and Camille it's more difficult for you but maybe you could talk a little bit about Los Conductus uh, in particular yes well f thank you very much to the festival and to the festival team for bringing my films here. So actually, um, yeah, it's difficult because uh, we have seen all of my films, but uh, maybe I can only talk, as you suggested, about my feature film, Los Conductos, which is a film based on, uh, on a real story, uh, the story of my friend Pinky. He was the, into a religious sect, and one day he decided, he. Uh, realized that he was manipulated by this sect, by the leader of the sect. He escaped from there, and then he kept the desire to kill the leader, to murder him, not only to have an act of revenge, but also to prevent other young people to be um, manipulated by him. So the starting point of the film is to allow Pinky to, um, this friend, to realize his dream about killing this person and then to imagine a new future for him. So it's a film about, uh, we compose the film into the, uh, in the idea of uh, imagining what could be next for his life because he was a marginal person dealing with drugs problems and being marginalized marginalized in the margins of society uh, thank you um, maybe the the first thing I, I would ask and also a, a, a general question for for everyone we have you have just presented your films uh, that have been or are going to be shown at uh, here at in, in Indy, and uh, I, I wanted to to make probably make a, a first question that is broader, and that uh, each one of you in a way relates to, which is um, you have all had uh, short films at Indy Lisboa. Uh, I've just uh, discovered that before, um, and maybe not your case, Shelley, but uh, in Maxence and Camilo, there's a, a, a very straight uh, connection between your short films and your first feature. And these, these, uh, in I think Pinky appears in uh, one of the shorts, and in in Maxence, all the shorts in a way construct this feature film. And uh, you, Shelley, just told me that Lamps, the short, is very different from this film. And so I, I wanted to to hear a bit about uh, from you uh, about this thing of doing shorts, doing feature features and um, bringing things that you tried in short format to a feature film and using the short format and as an as a moment of experience of the more which is more free in which you can do probably more things that then you can um, conclude in a feature film I'm not sure I wanted to hear you so maybe Camille <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, it's so fair. Well, <laughs> so actually, I don't, I don't make a real difference between short films and and feature films. I maybe think even that short films are harder to harder to make because they have this compression of time. So, of course, I made, I mean, normally we think that short films, and I'm speaking for all of us, maybe we have this idea, we normally have this idea that the short film is like a, uh, something that you make before making a feature film. It's like some, a try, uh, yeah. you make, you, you try something there and then you go and jump into uh, something more important, but no. Uh, um, of course, I, my, my, the, the, as you said, that uh, the main character of my film was already a character in one of my short films, but it was, I mean, it was 
not a coincidence, but it, it was like a, a, a process of growing up with him. I knew him on the first, uh, on, on the short film, and then I started a relationship with him. And then he revealed to me more aspects of his life that uh, drive us to make this feature film, which is not related to the, to the, to mm. the short film. It's another thing, but it's just uh, something we, we at, at, at the point of the short film, we decided to uh, work a path together. Mm. And this is probably the main thing to say that probably you, you're walking this path with people that you have been working with. In my sense, your case is very uh, particular. Um, yeah, actually, so I had made these short films with the same actors, which I are people from my family. And um, I don't know, I think there is this uh, big thing that a feature, a first feature, is this kind of absolute thing that is really hard to achieve. Like, I don't know, it's hard to finance, it's hard to write, it's it's like, I mean, for people of my generation, it's, it's a big thing. And I had this idea of, okay, I'm not gonna go through that and I'm gonna be clever and use all this material I've got and, and, and do a feature like really quickly because I had all these uh, rushes that could talk one with another. So I thought I was being super smart and then I was not because it took me like super long to do. It was like a nightmare and uh, it was a nightmare in the making because it all happened. It wasn't meant to be this film so I had to reinvent everything and in the end the editing part uh, took me about two years which is like basically what you would take to make a normal feature. So the, this part wasn't uh, really uh, so smart, but um, at the same time, my movie is uh, really about time and how time passes and these people I've been filming for a really long time. And I think the, the, this is something that the short format cannot render, uh, especially this question of time needs more time, I think, to be uh, really uh, uh, explored. But otherwise, uh, um, yeah, I think, as you said, maybe that uh, uh, now that there is this feature, I think the short form is also somewhere when you can still experience uh, a lot of things. I, I don't think I, I will stop to do shorts. Uh, on the contrary, the more I do like a serious feature, real written and stuff, I have the need of having a space where I can um, do things more quickly uh, by myself. And um, so I think I want to keep like both uh, the practices. So, um, I mean, I've been making films for a long time, and this isn't my first feature, but a uh, feature just having to do with length, and I agree certain subjects take time. I mean, to take the girls through the entire museum from Cranach to contemporary photography, you can't do it in 15 minutes. Um, and I've always um, gone back and forth between short, medium, long. And the long, I mean, Frog Spider Hand Horse House, for example, is a very experimental film. But it just happens to be, I think, 60 minutes, right? So you wouldn't think, oh, <laughs> this would be a short. But no, it takes time, because it needed time. The Lamps um, does have a big connection, though, to uh, girls Museum, and I wouldn't have realized this except for this coincidence, okay. it's about the Baroness uh, Elsa von Freitag mm -hmm. Loringhoven, who's uh, a very important figure in the Dada movement. She was a poet, she was an artist, she was a real rebel, troublemaker, and she now, people think, is the artist behind Duchamp's Fountain you know, the urinal piece. And so, um, and this actually, it was a short that a friend of mine asked me to do. Uh, they were making a, a feature film about uh, the Baroness. And everybody got a scene, so my scene was the one where she went to the museum in Naples and saw the room uh, full of penises, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, has gender issues, has art issues. Uh, so it's very similar, but of course, formally, it's completely different. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, again, uh, a, a question trying to, to bring all the film, films together. Um, and it, this is a, a bit harder, uh, but I think it can can be productive, uh, which is, okay, it's cinema, so everything is about images and sound, but in your f three films, and I'm thinking about Conductos, uh, uh, to, uh, today, day, mm -hmm. The Day Today and Girls Museum, uh, in particular, the idea of image The, uh, the a film about image, the, the image, um, and what images can do in our society, uh, are it's something that's very present. So, uh, Shelley's film is about painting, so images from the beginning to, to the end, and what they represent, and how do we watch them now. Uh, and Maxence, it's very much about this idea of this app, this uh, futuristic app that produces an image of someone that's dead uh, and how one relates to this image, which is not the, the, the thing, the, the person. And there's a, a, a difference between The, the the living being and the image he produces now, and how, how one can work there in this this interval, and and in, in los conductos, the the the, the 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 idea of the image is maybe more broad, but is the the fact that you you work on film and you you want to make it on film but also the the thing that in in your films uh, the films you you've made there's uh, this very um uh, they, there's, they they are very uh, powerful the close-ups hmm. so for instance there's still images From your from Los Conductos that still resonate on my head, for instance, the the revolver, or uh, close-ups of the hands making some gestures, and so it's a very broad question. But mm -hmm. how do you relate with making films about images, which it's not exactly what your films are, but I think in a way, is there. So Shelley. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, the image, my images, right? Because the paintings or the sculpture, they're images, but they're also objects. And uh, they were so, I spent a lot of time with them, and they're coming from the past. Even the contemporary ones are already hanging on the wall. And they're in some way dead, but they're also some way alive. Like this is why I went to the close-ups and the dust, and you see how they change over time, but also they come to the present and into the future in terms of the way the girls see them. I mean, their identities are wrapped up in these images, and the images are changed by what they say. So for me, the imagery has a real primacy but also the editing. I mean, I, I also, that's um, where my editing and filming also had my voice in it, because I showed what I found um, important at times. And then also, you can't have a film without the audience, so the image becomes very important for the audience, and. That's why I wanted the audience to also look at each artwork and say, ah, this is what I see, right? Or I agree with that girl, I disagree with the girl. So to take it out into the cinema or into <laughs> the living room or the kitchen or wherever people are watching it these days. Yeah, so I mean the image in this film, I mean, it could be a radio play, but No, it can't be a radio play because you need, even though it's carried quite a bit by language, you need the images to mm -hmm. work off of. I didn't know it was an app, so thank you for saying that. Yeah, so I, now I understand the science fiction side of the story. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and uh, the, the, the thing, the, the funny thing about the, your film is this 
the way you work with uh, very uh, simple special effects yeah. and how they are a little bit... Uh, yeah, do it yourself, yes, kind of. Yes, uh, DIY. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, now that we're talking about it, I realize that my uh, movie is... I mean, in each shot there are at least one or two or three uh, screens inside the shot yes. because the movie is filled with this technology over present mm -hmm. in tablets uh, or phone and stuff. So, uh, as yours, maybe uh, with the pictures inside mm -hmm. the picture, the mine is filled also with uh, screens inside the screen. And um, and so, yeah, just to say a little bit, so it's this woman who brings back her husband uh, through an app, and so it's uh, an, images, uh, an image of him uh, coming back, and that's the main plot. But uh, in doing so, uh, the story of the movie is also the story of the movie and how it happened, because uh, when I use all the images of my grandfather to bring him back from the dead, because he's really dead, uh, then uh, in making the movie, I'm doing the same thing the app is making in the story. And so that was important for me, because I think that was the main thing I was looking for, like the the small moment when he comes back through the app, there's like a, I mean, uh, obviously for me, it's uh, it's more present because it's people I know, but I think it, it can work also for, for the spectator. It's uh, for a second, you have the impression that the person really came back. And so uh, the movie does what the story is about. Uh, and so I think this uh, was really precisely the, even if it's for a second, that was really what, was why, what I was aiming for. Um, and so is this sense yeah, the, the concept of image is, uh, is uh, essential to the to the project but the the the, the funny thing about w or at least surprising when I was watching it is that uh, in the uh, in the first moment uh, your grandmother doesn't really like the new yeah. uh, uh, oh. husband uh, and as the time passes, she gets used to it, and she starts liking him as the non-complete human image yeah. creature he is. But yeah, and so she, she in a way, uh, fell in love with the image of him. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, as she said in the movie. It's it, it doesn't work. He's like at first he's kind of dumb. Then he goes on and I just spoil a little bit, but he goes on killing people because he's a bad <laughs> robot and doesn't understand how it works. So, so it doesn't work. But as she says, it's better than nothing. And uh, what I was saying, the movie does like I use do uh, do it like a DIY uh, FX. It's mm -hmm. not really well done. It doesn't work very well. But for a second, it kind of works. And and this is. Uh, um, yeah, it's as she say. It's uh, it's not much, but it's better than nothing. And and uh, I think that was the moral of the story. <laughs> it's uh, like the technology we have is kind of shitty. It doesn't work very well, but it can uh, allow for small miracles using images, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I was trying to show. And Camilo, uh, just so f because I I I I, th I don't think I I put the the question well in the beginning. Yeah, uh, yes, it was okay. But the, the 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 I think the main thing was this uh, the presence of this uh, factory where they print uh, t-shirts and uh, the first film we I, I've watched from you, which is imp impressions of a, of an, a war. It's also about this idea of impression uh, in the newspapers and on tattoos, and this idea of uh, an impressed image and film being light, being impressed on 35 cell film or 16 film cellulite and so this idea of your films very much being at some point about this idea of impressed images yes i understand what you mean but i want to resume to the basic question <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry but i think that we have talked about something that we all have in, t in common that is that uh, image is also a protagonist of the film mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's probably, which is not my difference between you and we, we have all different technologies of how to bring these images to be a character of the film. So let's keep on that idea. And that let's talk about what is an image and why an image can be a 
a character of a film and then we can just develop some different ideas it is the main idea of representation who is represented by who this is in your film mm -hmm. how and why someone is represented mm -hmm. and also in my film how technology which technology and why what was the reason that you're this person has to use this technology to represent someone else and then also into my film I'm just going to link the question to the idea of uh, this uh, printing process or giving the same uh, reproducing a product uh, an identity so in the process of reproduction in the process of reproduction and representing there's the idea also of the process representation of a community the political representation of an individual and that what is probably what uh, the main question of my film because it is a film about someone who was represented or was submitted by someone who was uh, giving him directions uh, of what he has to do and, and, and say and what was the, uh, the role in the world that he has to, he has to play. And we have, it is not only about that religious sect, it's also about the role in our, uh, our role in, uh, in society. So also us as uh, people living in democracy or people living in other kind of governments I, the idea is why are we represented by these uh, power structures and if they are really representing us uh, according to our will mm -hmm. so yeah. just the idea probably we are all, in, all into this idea of representation and who and why and all and then and that I think is the main reason why image becomes a character in the mm. film. Yeah, and and that would be the the leeway for my next question, which is that in in a way all of the films think uh, so. If the films are about images, these images are about violence, in a way. So uh, most of the analysis that the girls make in th of the paintings are that the m many of the women are being objectified or uh, are have been submitted by the painter, uh, and, and and very it's a very common uh, uh, point of view from m many of the girls that you have in your film, and as you were talking and discovering uh, a bit before when we were in technical pause is that uh, both Los Conductos and The Day-to-Day -Day have these uh, char violent characters that have murder uh, instincts and that the films uh, portray that uh, and give this uh, desire, murdering desire uh, make them true in the film. Uh, so I wanted to hear something from you about that. So, Shelley. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you think of image making and technology, of course, paint is a technology. Perspective is a technology. All of these things are choices um, you know there are paintings in the museum and there aren't weavings or other kind of artworks um, but this question of who and what is valued I think comes to the fore and it's uh, if we were to make a story so far of what we've said I mean in my film, the girls talk often about uh, war. There's a girl from Syria, or there's a girl from Afghanistan who was actually raised as a boy so that the family could have her do certain things as the only child. You know, the, there were only girls in the family or financial constraints. And so all of this uh, kind of... Um, identifying but also possibly suffering 
um, by these stories told within the painting to the point where uh, there's a painting of Diana, um, uh, not queen, but goddess of the forest. Mm -hmm. And I ask uh, who do different people identify with? And almost all the girls but one identify with every everything or everybody else. And they don't want to take Diana, who's is quite glorious in the middle, dressed in white and being served. And it's only Hamsa from Syria, Syria who says, yeah, I, I want to be her. But you know, I'll, I'll be better than she probably was to people. I'll say please. And, and so, so the story of this is that you seem to have male protagonists who go towards violence. And I seem to have female protagonists that sort of have to reckon with the violence. And so I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Maxim. Um, yeah, yes, you're right. It's a male and violence. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the thing is, the relation between violence uh, images in the movie goes through fantasy, uh, phantasm, and uh, that's what, I mean, the thing is in cinema you can do uh, stuff you can't do in real life, so then you can open space for people, especially if you uh, like flirting with documentary and stuff, you can uh, like offer a space for people to express their fantasy. And um, I guess, so I had a grandfather who has murder fantasy. Uh, I think I do too. And uh, <laughs> so this was a place where we could express this fantasy, but actually the first so, because all the film is based on what my grandfather used to write, so he would write uh, long pages about how he imagined killing everyone around him, like the cops, uh, the neighbors, and that was the base for the movie. But then, so I told him, cool, we're going to make a documentary about you, and then we're going to reenact you killing people, and then you can fulfill your fantasy. But when it uh, was time to shoot it, then he wouldn't want, because he was super uncomfortable with the image of him killing people, and he didn't want people to have this image of him. So he had to find a way uh, to to show it without showing it. And that's why all the murders he does uh, are, sh are only shown um, through his hands, because he, he couldn't handle the image of him. So there is this uh, weird relation between wanting to fulfill your fantasy in a free space of cinema where you can do anything. But even that is too violent for oneself uh, to, to, to see. And so we had to find ways. So even if this uh, safe space violence stays violence, and uh, uh, it's still as powerful, I guess. I don't know if it answers yes. a bit, but. Yeah. I, re I really like to be the last one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I can collect what you have said. And I can, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm fed by your thoughts. Oh, and then after I can, because I wanted to answer what you said before and then with pass another Please question. Please go, so go ahead. I mean, yeah. this is a conversation. Okay. Oh, just because you said something interesting about um, images be becoming a character. Yeah. And um, I know in my movie, like, um, TV reality takes a big place in the movie because uh, the characters are always watching uh, reality TV shows and the film ends like the last shot is literally uh, uh, zoom inside the TV and the characters from the TV reality becomes the last image we see uh, before uh, it's uh, shut down. And uh, and yeah, I wanted to talk about TV reality because it's my big, uh, I, I mean, the next movie I'm writing is about a TV reality star. So it kind of, uh, you know, cycle with the thing. Um, because, yeah, I think TV reality is the impersonation of uh, image as a character because uh, uh, we can watch people that are representing ourselves, even though everybody, uh, the general uh, opinion is that it's stupid and stuff. Actually, it's a real good representation of the world we live in. It's, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, we see people that uh, look like us. That's a concept of TV reality. And uh, in that sense, I think it's the most uh, 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 accurate uh, depiction of image as a character representing herself. And this is something we find in every uh, country, of course. So. Could I just jump in to, because, you know, this male fantasy of violence and this idea of a safe space 
also based on what you just said, it's not a safe space. I mean, yeah. stories that are told become our identities. Exactly. You know, so they create realities. So by making a film, this is not within a safe space. I mean, yes, nobody gets murdered in the film, hopefully. You know, it's not a snuff movie. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's uh, also about my film, that you see that these uh, paintings that are centuries old, no, they still have a very strong effect now. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. But totally, I, when I was saying a safe space, I think it was the idea I had before, like it was a naive idea I had mm. that it would be a space that, well, okay, nothing happens, it's just cinema. And then it was too hard for him to handle, and I understand that it wasn't a safe space, I actually. It wasn't. Yeah. Mm. And, and in a way, the, 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 the sci-fi genre and the, the kitsch element of some of the effects uh, make it more palatable. So it's not... Uh, so it's maybe less safe, because it's more palatable. Yeah, m maybe, yeah. But it's, it's uh, because it starts to be a little bit ironic, and so it's, it starts to, to peel off the, 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 the power of, of this fantasy, which is really disturbing. Mm. But Camilo, please. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, add, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy opinion. that you talk. Uh, I mean, just um, my idea just to, again, try to have a conclusion of what, he, what he, we have said here is that it's not only about violence, but it, it is also about liberation from violence. I think all, all in all the films we have uh, images as a tool for being liberated from something. Mm. And even these paintings being made by men are the tool for women to be liberated from a past history. And I think that, uh, okay, please. No, I don't think the paintings are a tool for liberation. I they, think they, they serve as a tool. I mean, they can be discussed, and, and by that way being a tool to be... Uh, yeah, but without, without the girls, without the camera, without the questions, the way people go through museums, no, not at all. They are, they're um, kind of accepted. They're anointed. No. Uh, but uh, with this chemical reaction... Yeah. I, I disagree. I disagree mm. because I think that this is only having the idea that people are not aware enough to be just without a camera and just seeing a uh, history of painting, not being aware without this dispositive of camera that this is all a main representation of the world. I think that uh, they, of course, uh, I'm not defending male history of <laughs> yes, art, but I am trying to say that this is this enlightenment uh, does not accord just does not uh, doesn't not doesn't just appeal because of of the camera and of the girls. I think it appears in in other several ways. Is, uh, well, the world, what's happening in the world, because these paintings have been around a really long time and have been consistently written about in certain ways. I mean, that's changed, but also written about largely by men. But I think that the world is changing around them. And so this, I think, uh, the view is different. You but know, my view is different. Of you course, know, that's my what mother's uh, view then. So I, I'd saying, that's why I say that you use those images as a tool. Yes, of course. Yes. yes. And yeah. So I'm, take, they, I'm they talking about tool, tools uh, of liberation, and I think that you are not taking those images as per they are. You're using them. You're using them, uh, following your own ideas and making them to change by the view of your girls. Yeah, I would say it's them doing most of the work. Yes. Of course, fact. but they, they, yes. they, they serve as a tool. Yeah, okay. yeah. They uh, perverting the use of that tool. They are using the tool in another way. Yeah. They're they're looking. Yeah. I, I, the, the 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 one of the the things I like most in in girls museum is that uh, the girls are very different from each other, and most of the times they don't agree. <laughs> 
on what they are seeing. And w one of the cases is this girl that watches a, uh, sees a painting and, sh and says, oh, it's, uh, she's um, beautiful and very powerful and, uh, and she's looking at the camera with no care. And I, I f see myself in her. And then we see five girls saying, oh, she's v being objectified and uh, it's a, a, a poor portrait of her. Um, and then the same girl in the end of this sequence she starts questioning herself about what was her first idea of the painting. And so even now, the the perspectives are different and there's no one way of looking at one yeah. of these paintings and uh reading them and i i i that's one of the things i like the most and also this v very amusing uh, detail which is one of the more contemporary photography pieces you show of this uh, girl making a selfie and all of the girls are very uh, prude in a way and say, oh, this is not something that sh one should do. And well, I don't know how, how she, she was uh, obliged to make, make it. And then you just add self-portrait. And, this, and this, uh, just this little information uh, gives us an, another way of looking at the image and understanding also that these girls are all with all the prejudices of their society mm. and so it's very complex and moving and evolving this idea of looking at a painting and thinking about it but I, I just wanted just to finish my idea for two but because probably i was not enough um i had not enough time to develop but a tool is something that we use with a purpose okay but we can use also a tool with another purpose i mean we can just drive the purpose of the tool to another way to another thing to do mm -hmm. and and um i usually remember this film from harun faruqi uh, one of his first short films in which one man said I was trying to make a vacuum machine and then I, I, I got a gun and then I was trying to build a gun and then I have a vacuum machine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is to say that probably the purpose, the initial purpose of this tool of of domination by representation was one, but then if you use the tool in another say it in another way it could be a tool of liberation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in this sense i think that we can use images because we were talking about images as as protagonist of the film we can use images to to be the companion of, of our characters to be liberated in my in my film just to make an example i use images to allow this guy to commit an act of revenge that allow him to live another in another way that he was uh, to reenact another way of living. I'm, I'm sorry, my English is not so mm. good to have this no, kind of dialogue. There's yeah. this, my, this kind of dialogue. But the, the idea of a tool is that the purpose can be um, can be driven to another mm -hmm. thing, and this is how we can deconstruct destructors of power. Mm -hmm. We use a tool to consolidate the power, but we can use the same tool just to uh, deconstruct this structure of power. Mm. So, all, all yeah. through editing. Uh, well, I would say that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm an artist, I teach at an art <laughs> university, and um, I would say that one of the protagonists of the film are the artwork in the film. I mean, they are. They change over time. They're there. And, and what's wonderful about art is, yes, you could say it's a tool for domination that gets reworked. But if the art is great, it contains way more than being a tool of domination. Of and, and even a mediocre work, <laughs> I would add, you know, also provides a certain kind of um, 
multi-layered way of, of reading uh, that changes, you know, just like the surface of the painting change, the re reading of the, the painting changes. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you, but I would also hold out that uh, they're not, I don't see them as tools, I see them finally as protagonists. Okay. Yeah. I see them as tools because uh, I think that it depends who, on who holds who hold it, who grabs the tool, who has the tool on hand. Do you mean who is going to be the person using this tool? And this is interpretation. Who is interpretation? Who is going to make this or that interpretation of the image? And this is the idea of manipulated, because I was telling you about who is having the tool on hand. And manipulation is also this, having, who, having things in hand. But if you think of a poem, right, um, that, that yes, you could use a poem, but if the poem is great, it will always escape one reading so that maybe even if somebody is abusing that poem, still by the, through reading it, as you say that, you know, through understanding it, through the rhythm of it, maybe something escapes. I guess I'm, I'm just saying that the Yes, I've made images of images, but I'm a little bit, um, yeah, I don't want to simplify one of my protagonists. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but it, the idea of having just like a pure art without possibly, I mean, I don't, I don't. No, no, I no, mean, there is no pure art. There is, there the is no pure art. Film, I mean, there is no, not such a thing that has not been interpreted. Hmm. So, in a way, we have to live in a certain context, and work, our work is living in a certain context, mm -hmm. and images are being read in a certain context. In that context, they have this direction or another direction. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then, well, you can use it as a, a tool of domination. You can use it just a tool of poetry without any um, political uh, consideration, but also you can use it as a tool mm -hmm. of liberation. I, I, mm. I don't know, Maxams. Yeah, I, I think I what you're saying is that, that besides uh, who is holding the tool, uh, as we're talking a tool which are images, so art, there is something more to it uh, than who is holding. I, I, I think that's what I hear from you, and that's something we can't uh, grab uh, or doesn't uh, belong to anybody. Like yeah, it has a kind of, I mean, that's what we would hope with our films, right? That, yeah. that it's not depending on who's using them. It's like they have something in and of themselves that will have a vitality or yeah. an openness of reading. Uh, and so I, yeah, I would hold out for the works. And But, you know, what I think that my film shows is that we have art history wrong in that always going to the so-called experts that all build on the yeah. so-called experts is, is maybe not the only way to read these artworks and to control these artworks and to yeah. bring other artworks into the discussion. But I guess that's what you're saying when you're saying I'm changing saying the same. I'm saying the same. Yeah. I think that in a certain context, an artwork could be read like this. In another way, in, other, uh, in another context, it would be written in another way. So it means that it's always escaping. Yeah. No? And, and that's the idea of, of not being... Yeah. But I, I think the, 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 the main thing uh, is that probably most spectators or most museum visitors or most people uh, are not really aware of all the mechanisms behind the, 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 the ways that art gets canonized. And for instance, in your film, again, uh, it's very surprising that one of the girls uh, asks for the, uh, is asked for the first time uh, and gets aware, gets conscious mm -hmm that the museum is curated by someone, that right. the, the paintings didn't just appear there, mm -hmm. that there are three people, four, I don't know, ten people that selected these paintings and put them in the walls on these 
this way. Mm -hmm. And she never th really thought about it. And she's probably 18 or 19, so, so she's an adult already. And this conscience of uh, the, the, the system that produces images and uh, makes readings and interpretations about it, about it, it's something that needs to be stimulated this conscience. And I think maybe, in a way, all the three films do that. Yeah. All the three films say to the spectator, rethink what you think about the images you are watching. Yeah. Reveal the mechanism which is behind the production and the demonstration of images. Yes. And I think that your film does that. I mean, just let's take a look about how are they presented and how they have been built, these images. Mm. So I think this is the, uh, one of the main, uh, w main uh, questions of being an artist. It's mm. not only producing images, it's also questioning how we produce images. Mm. And maybe M Maxine's film has this very... Um, I, I believe uh, you already said so, but I, I cannot even imagine how difficult it must have been to work almost nine years with the same images yeah. uh, that you already had filmed mm. and you started re-editing and editing and changing and making and trying to make a film mm. out of something that you are, uh, had already filmed so many time ago. Yeah, but actually first of all I, I think uh, I mean what I'm gonna say is, is a bit like general, but uh, I, I come from a generation that grew up with images. I mean, when I was young, I would like literally go from one screen to another, to the Game Boy, to the TV, to the computer. And then I think I spent like uh, half of my life in, in front of images, if not more. Uh, so this is like kind of natural to use this as a, a material. Uh, and I think uh, if in my movie there's a reflection on images, it's not uh, at the base of the movie. Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm surrounded by images, and it's naturally something I, I would use. But to answer the question about like using the same, sorry, I'm gonna take off the mask because it's yeah, super hot. And um, about using the images, it's like it's funny. It was a funny way of working because I had all this first. I had a story I wanted to tell. I had things that were filmed but not meant to tell this story. And so I had to find ways. So it's when the movie looks like a documentary, uh, but actually every shot is heavily edited and affixed. And uh, like I cut heads, put them somewhere else, and then like uh, slow down by a uh, hundred percent. And so everything it was, it, it the it, it became like uh, like for a sculpture, like you know the mm. the material where I could build the story and it, and and suddenly the the possibilities I had were like really uh, unexpectedly large and I could really I would find ways all the time like I wanted somebody to talk to somebody else and I would go and grab uh, a second uh, of a shot before the shot starts and we can see it in the right angle then I would cut tack 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 and it would work so from this material I could do basically mm -hmm. anything so at first it was like super uh, enthusiastic. I was enthusiastic because I, I discovered that I could do uh, all of these things. But after a certain amount of time, you start going in cycle because you know all the images. I mean, I knew all the rush by heart. I couldn't find like uh, one guy uh, looking this way exactly. I knew where to find. And it became like, I, as the film is about mourning also and mourning of the character because my grandfather died during this period of time and seeing his image over over and again was part of the process of mourning. I think at the time when I arrived to this point where I couldn't see these images again, I, I had done everything with them possible, was the, also the time uh, that coincided with the end of mourning. So <laughs> that's uh, like images became like a, a support for uh, to mourn. Yeah. So uh, in this way they were useful. Yeah, and and I I thought when watching your film uh, of it, so I, I I thought of two other films uh, one uh, the strange things so uh, one of the Pink Panther films yeah. when uh, that Blake Edwards makes after 
the the main actor uh, dies. Okay. And so he, he made the new Pink Panther film without the actor because mm -hmm. he was already dead, with all the rushes and cut scenes from all the five previous films. And so he made a new one. And also a Bruce Lee film that was made after... Which one? Bru uh, uh, Bruce one Lee? Of, one of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee film. So Bruce Lee died and they made a Bruce Lee film one year after. And also with rushes from other films and unfinished hmm. projects. And even worse, uh, images from his funeral because he fakes his own death in the new film. So okay. Okay. <laughs> it's complicated. But uh, and in a way, uh, this is to, to say that uh, watching your film, I thought that you worked with your images as if they were found footage. Um. As if you were working with archival material that was not shot by you, um, that you made this distance. Yeah, actually, you're not wrong. And and the examples you 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 give, I, I haven't seen these movies, but uh, the the one I had in mind when I I, uh, I did this one was uh, the last Star Wars movie, mm. the number nine. Yes, which is terrible, by the way. <laughs> but that's not the point. It, it's uh, the princess Leia died mm -hmm. in between the eighth and the ninth. No movie. way! And <laughs> what a spoiler! Yeah, yeah. No, the, the actress, the actress died, oh, okay. not, not the character. Oh, okay, and yeah. that was the thing. It, they had to bring her back for the last movie because uh -huh. she has been uh, there for thirty years. Uh -huh. And so, uh, in because of respect, because of the fans, because of anything, they didn't want to bring her back. Uh, with 3D or with a face uh, swap, so the, they found the way they found is to take an old footage from an unused a scene from a previous Star Wars movie, and uh, they, I mean, you can see documentaries on uh, YouTube okay. about it, and so you see 300 people working with mm -hmm. these old rushes, and like uh, cutting uh, the princess off, changing her clothes, and uh, you know, staging scenes so people, so character would interact with them, with her, and it's really uh, complicated because in the scenes they have, she says literally two things. So they had to stage people to talk, uh, 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 to do all the talking. So it's like, uh, oh, Princess Leia, you want to go there and do that and uh, do that and that? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and it, it just doesn't work at all. Yes. I mean, the, the, the result is terrible. But when you see the documentary, what is uh, super moving is that you have these 300 people working for months like with uh, inside this huge uh, corporation of uh, Disney and Lucasfilm uh -huh. and whatever, to have this super poor result. <laughs> but it, it's super moving that one would get into such trouble and such uh, the deployment of energy of, uh, of people just to be able uh, for a second to bring somebody back, which is uh, of course an impossibility. But um, I think there is something uh, beautiful in that. And I think I worked uh, in my off. I didn't have 300 <laughs> people and, and millions to do that, but uh, I mean, in my own uh, garage room, I, uh, I did the same uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, and I wanted and to jump in. Oh, let me just add that Fast and Furious 7 also of does course. that. Uh, yeah, but they do it with like with uh, 3D. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. But the, the, I, I just wanted to, to bring this idea of found footage and having, having this distance yeah for with the material that is something that also i think maybe shelly and camilo uh, have in their work because camilo you have worked with uh, found footage also so images that were not shot by you and that you appropriated and manipulated and changed their meaning mm -hmm. through editing and context and and also music girl the girls museum is all about re uh, framing the the paintings and making sure that the spectator watches a portion or re uh, yeah reframing and making uh, uh, small uh, black squares where you can see one detail or looking really close to the uh, surface of the of the object of the painting so this idea of uh, Found, uh, working with images as found footage with some kind of distance. But even, I mean, I 
Before I started teaching, I was a film and video editor. And so you would get this footage, very much like found footage, and they would say, oh, we want you to do this and this and this. And you'd say, how is that going to happen? And I think that, you know, because I do my own filming typically and my own editing, there is this cut where when I'm the editor, this is the footage, and I could get pissed off, like, why didn't the camera person <laughs> focus better? But, you know, there is this real distance okay. that that takes over when I start editing. But that's maybe you had something to say. I just wanted to add that, that there is this, even if it's my own footage, I have then. You have always this distance. I, I have a distance, yeah. Like yeah. When you edit every footage because like fun footage, like it was done by somebody else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I just wanted to jump into this idea of sculpting the images that you said, and Maxence, which I think is a very interesting uh, film to discuss about, because um, what is to sculpt images? It is probably give to images another dimension, no? Which is yeah. not the dimension of the image. How we can sculpt images in film, in films, in which images are the protagonist of the film. And I think that the sculpting images is the, what you do when you bring someone else to discuss about an image that is already hung on a museum. I don't know, I'm, I'm just giving some mm. ideas of how we can uh, sculpt, uh, make an, a new dimension of images. Yeah. Not only about found footage, but I think that when we use found footage, it's also sculpted with images, because we give one image, one image, another dimension, as in a collage, hmm. as in a certain way, given uh, we're bringing one and another reality to be confronted, and in this confrontation, when we are giving another dimension to the first reality. You're ma we are making something like a cubism mm -hmm. uh, uh, tableau uh, painting in a, in a way, bringing different points of view, which yeah. was the idea of uh, cubism in a way. So uh, I think that in your films and in my film, we have this idea of sculpting images, yeah. image being a protagonist, but images being confronted to persons. To I don't know, it was my. Yeah. contribution to the discussion. <laughs> and then, of course, there are images of the people. So I'm, I used to be quite, I don't want to say against, but I personally did not break the image. Like, I would um, put, hack one image next to the other in editing and make these kind of surprise edits. But I typically did not do anything to break the rectangle mm. like you're talking about, you know, to collage it together. But then there have been instances where I do that, like in Girls Museum, where I do take the time to, you know, like, okay, there's just zoom in on this, but you're not zooming in on it. It's just you're looking at a black field with a rectangle. So I think that there are many ways. I think also one of the ways I sculpt the artwork and the images is through extreme close-ups, where all of a sudden, mm. you know, you see a very realistic painting, you get close enough to it, and it's just like a field of dust or slashes, or and this gives it a whole other sense that you couldn't even see with your eyes. That's the magic of <laughs> video and zoom lenses and getting the uh, museum's permission. So I, I think that there are many ways of sculpting. And but I think it's really cl Close up is a way to be into fragment. Yeah. It's a way to destroy a close up. And also you see the, the, the mystery of the painting because the painting was done through a series of abstract strokes that go together to produce mm -hmm. a, a very coherent image. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway. But I think that when you make a close up, you're destroying the unity and you're going into the fragment. Yeah. So or you say that something. it's another unity, right? You're, you, you actually, you know, with painting, you, you discover something else. You discover how it's made, that you're privileged. That's why people always, you know, like when I look at painting, you go far away, you see usually the more imagistic uh, reference, and then you get close up, and mm -hmm. this gives this kind of excitement. You know, I mean, Cezanne was the expert of this, you know, building space 
in these very abstract ways where no matter where you stand, you're vibrating between um, uh, an image of a landscape and just uh, a re repetitive strokes. Yeah. yeah, of course, because yeah. we all know, excuse me, just one, certain, one last thing to add, because when we go to the fragment, just in something that we, the fragment, we all know that devil is hidden <laughs> in the detail. <laughs> What I wanted to add is like, but to answer uh, what you were saying, I, I get the feeling without having seen your movies that the way of sculpting the images uh, uh, for your film is uh, also by reframing. This is a part of it. From what I understand, close ups take also a big part uh, in yours. Uh, and I think in mine, uh, it was really the technology that is, is not that much of uh, this is. Uh, I did what I could with that, but it's also really the technology because um, now we have all these apps that uh, uh, gives us the accessibility to to transform images. I mean, it all started because I I, I saw this app where you could uh, you know have a face on yours and uh, like a mask, uh, like a face swap, <laughs> and uh, and so I think my way of uh, sculpting was using all this technology to like. For example, the, the main example in my movie is the, so when he comes back as a kind of robot uh, the, from the dead, he has a little thing, logo, like uh, running uh, above his head. And so I would take uh, all the images, just put that on with the tracking thing, and, and it would become something completely different than uh, somebody who was like, because my grandfather would never talk, he was like really this poker face character. So in the first, uh, part of the movie you see somebody who's poker face and in the second one you just put something above his head and you see a robot that doesn't work and it changed completely the sense mm -hmm. and I think yeah technology was uh, the, my main uh, tool yeah so I was told that we have yeah. concluded our time so just to uh, make sure that no one forgets uh, the day today uh, Maxence film will be shown after tomorrow at Kulturgest Uh, and Could you give the day film? of the week and the time yes. that it will so, be, sh maybe even so, the place? Yes. So, uh, after tomorrow, Monday, Monday uh, 9.30 at Kulturgest, uh, Maxence film, the day today. Uh, Shelley Silver's film, Girls Museum, uh, will be shown tomorrow, Sunday, at 6 uh, in the afternoon at Cinema Ideal. And Camilo's films have already been shown. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in fact, they w have been shown before in other uh, editions of the festival. So uh, probably <laughs> we'll have, I don't, I'm not sure if w they are going to be ever shown again, but probably <laughs> uh, in Lisbon in the next few months, few, few days, okay, but okay. I, I hope so. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for your patience so and <laughs> dedication and obrigado. <laughs> obrigado. Obrigado. Obrigado.